Well, hey there, this is Rami here for another episode of the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. On this episode, we're going to hear from a creative brother and sister team making toothbrushes for some good causes. Fun! <laughs> and of course, at the end, we have a great song from a Detroit artist. It's always one of my favorite parts of the episode. Let's check in with Natalie Hazen on our fun fuel about toothbrushes. This is Natalie Hazen, and I am bringing you the fun fuel for this episode. When I think of teeth, my first thoughts go directly to food. That probably is not a good thing, because I really like food. But nonetheless, we need to eat, and teeth help with that process. I think of all the action that goes into eating, such as biting and chomping and chewing, which is actually a pretty remarkable process. So how many teeth do we have? Well, according to Authority Dental, we have 32 teeth, including wisdom teeth, with 16 on top and 10 on the bottom. And a human bite can generate a force of as great as 55 pounds on the incisors or 200 pounds on the molars. Humans have quite the chompers. Hope you enjoyed this fun fuel. Now on to the episode. Thank you, Natalie. She is so hilarious. <laughs> okay, let's listen in to my conversation with Heather and John McDougall. All right. So welcome, Heather and John McDougall from Bogo Brush to the podcast show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited to introduce you guys to our listeners. I'm so happy to have you on the show. You, you're um, got a different product for us, and we haven't had a brother and sister team on yet. So this is really fun. <laughs> so let's tell our listeners awesome. about Bogo Brush. What's, what's Bogo Brush about? Bogo Brush is... It's a toothbrush. It's the first toothbrush you'll actually care about. It's kind of what we like to say about it. It's an eco-friendly toothbrush. It's made entirely in the United States. And uh, whenever you buy a Bogo brush, we give a toothbrush to someone in need. Okay. And who is that typically? What's a typical recipient of a Bogo brush? Yeah. So we partner with uh, low-cost health clinics in the U.S. So we partner with a clinic here in Detroit, in Minnesota, and one in North Dakota. And basically we make donations of toothbrushes to them and then they distribute the brushes to the people who are in need of them, right? We leave, we leave that distribution to the experts, the people who are closest to the folks who don't have access to as much oral care as others. Uh, super smart. So before we get in on the toothbrush, because we've had a chance to get together and look at this toothbrush, it's really amazing. Let's take everyone back of how you guys originally just even decided to do this. Yeah, it's been quite the journey for us. Uh, uh, we, we always kind of jokingly say that we were uh, subconsciously born to design toothbrushes. So a little disclosure, our dad is actually a dentist. Um, <laughs> so we grew up. Um, floating around the dental office, uh, kind of surrounded by that world. Uh, neither of us thought we would ever do anything remotely close to dentistry. Um, I went to design school to study how to design cars, and Heather went off to law school, um, and toothbrushes were the last thing on our minds. Um, but as we were kind of exploring um, the world and sustainability and what products we thought the world needed, 
um, we just kind of kept coming back to this idea of a toothbrush. You know, it's something that you wake up, you use every morning, and you use every night before you go to bed. Um, it's sort of this moment of consciousness um, that you have, and we thought if we could bring environmental and social awareness into somebody's daily routine in those moments, it could be the start of a much bigger change in people's lives and in the world. Oh, nice. Okay, so you guys had the idea and said, all right, we're going to make a toothbrush. How did that all start to happen? Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> a lot of Google. Um, I think just like any like beginner entrepreneur, um, there's a lot more questions than there are answers. Um, we kind of really started exploring um, just what what was wrong with toothbrushes today, um, starting that design process with everything from the form. You know, if you look at a toothbrush today, there's uh, a lot of different plastics and rubbers and grips and motors, and all of that leads to a product that's completely unrecyclable. So we knew we wanted to address that. On top of that, all those grips are designed so that you hold the brush in one position in your hand. And if you have a toothbrush, you know, you, you really can't manipulate your wrist while holding an object in one position, you need to spin it like an artist holds a paintbrush or even a dentist holds a professional dental tool. So we created this cylindrical pure form. Um, it was really the first in the industry um, for a toothbrush and really created this kind of minimal silhouette for the product. Um, from there, you know, we kind of seen the numbers, as we said, growing up in the oral health world, you know, we knew that there was 80 million people in the U.S. that didn't have adequate access to health um, to oral health care. So uh, we knew that was a problem that we wanted to help be a part of the solution for. So for us, that meant, you know, the buy one, give one model um, and a way to kind of start addressing that solution and start bringing awareness to those problems. Wow. So let's keep going about the toothbrush. Let's talk all about the toothbrush now, yeah. what it's made from. And because I was really fascinated by the detail that you guys went into uh, let's let's go there. We, of course, for our listeners, have, we'll have pictures uh, under the cover art on the website so you guys could get pictures of the actual toothbrush. But for those that might not look it up, let's talk in detail about it. Yeah. So, so um, as we said, you know, we, we've kind of landed on this sort of pure minimalist form that came through a lot of different studies. We had uh, wooden dowels and clay models and cutting up toothbrushes and different pens and attaching heads and handles to all kinds of things in the early days. Um, and when we first started, we actually made the toothbrush out of bamboo. Um, so it was this kind of machined bamboo finish that ended up, that's a whole nother story we can get into, uh, all kinds of issues with quality and scrap rate on that. And so that forced us to recalibrate and refocus our manufacturing here in the U.S. So the, the handles that you'll see on our website, um, there's really two collections. There's a biodegradable collection, which is currently made with flax. Um, and then there's a recycled collection, which is a nice smooth gloss finish plastic that um, is completely recycled and recyclable, and those come in a variety of different colors. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really, it's just a, a pure, simple form. Um, it comes with a stand, so you can really kind of keep your toothbrush clean and dry, upright. And we always kind of like to think of it as, you know, standing proud on your 
on your uh, on your bathroom counter, sort of elevating the toothbrush from something that people traditionally kind of throw in a dirty cup or a dirty cabinet to something that you really proudly display in your home. It is a little piece of art, I gotta admit. <laughs> it, does look, it does look like a modern piece of art. All right, so how does it help uh, with oral care? So, <laughs> in a few ways, right? Like important that everyone uses their toothbrush every morning and every night so kind of generally for the the uh, folks who are bobo brush customers like our approach is to create a toothbrush that people right, care about right that's generally what helps people use their brush is something they're like interested in using so we're kind of taking that approach of these emotional and design values that people will care about with their products so every morning and every night they'll see it and feel interested in brushing their teeth and that you know, research shows that brushing your teeth is one of if not the most important thing for oral health which of course oral health is kind of like the gateway to so many other overall body health things and that research is coming out more and more every year from you know, heart disease and um, yeah just a whole plethora of, of of health issues. So for everyone, brushing your teeth is super important and uh, hopefully we can make that a little bit cooler sounding over time. <laughs> uh, and also, of course, the, you know, like John said, the 80 million Americans, right? That's just 80 million in the United States alone who don't have adequate access. And we are providing brushes, right, to those people, not 80 million yet, but someday maybe. Um, but it's also just like raising that awareness, right? Knowing that someone in your community is either like in need of something as simple as a toothbrush or for the folks who are receiving them, they know like, hey, I'm part of a community and like feeling valued. And overall, like feeling valuable is also a really important part of taking care of your own health. So kind of like this whole, <laughs> I guess, community approach to encouraging everyone to take care of themselves. Yeah, and I think that leads us beautifully into the social impact uh, side of this. And I, I would like to come back to the revenue model piece of your business that you guys have chosen to land on, but let's stay on the social impact side for a minute. What do you guys envision as kind of the impact of the outcomes you'd like to make because we know that statistic that you just shared about the 80 million it's really vast and big what would be a I guess a win at this early stage for you guys in terms of social impact that you could make I think maybe even aside from a specific number I mean obviously the more toothbrushes we're able to give the better so um you know, we've already given several thousand away and we just want to keep on going with that and building and building, of course, but even more, I think, at least from my perspective, a win is when we're able to um, be kind of recognized by a community, like our brand recognized by like health clinics and things when we come in and we can do events and really get to know the people on all sides of the Bogle Rush community. And I think to me that recognition and kind of watching all sides of, of well, the buy, the give, you know, the design, like all of that kind of come together. I mean, that's maybe a little bit ambiguous, but I think really being able to like watch and see like some kind of trackable and noticeable impact that it's having on, on everyone's lives. 
yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, just, I mean, beyond, like you said, beyond the number of toothbrushes that we're giving, um, it really, I think, all comes back to that, that, that shared uh, moment every morning and every night that whether you bought the brush or whether it was given to you at a health clinic, like, you have a, a well-functioning, you know, beautiful toothbrush uh, that you can use every day. And that's going to affect your personal health. It's going to affect how you go out into the world. Um, and it's going to hopefully trickle down into a lot of other things. And, you know, it's the, it's the social impact of people's health, but it's also knowing that um, you're not sending a toothbrush to the landfill when you're done. It's knowing that you're buying a toothbrush that was made in the USA. So you're really, you know, helping your community in a lot of ways um, from the neighbor down the street to, uh, the environment around you to uh, the jobs in your community. Yeah, powerful, powerful. By the way, um, you mentioned, you know, early on that your dad is a dentist. Is your dad still living? Yeah. 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 Does he like this? Or? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a huge fan. He's a big supporter for us. Go out there fixing teeth. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he gives the the dentist the professional endorsement, I suppose. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I suppose we should, needed to make sure we circled back on that, how he felt about this. That's, that's good. <laughs> Do you ever see a future of placing um, some of your distribution through some of the dental offices or are there barriers to that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, it's definitely like when we first got started, you know, I think most of us think like, oh, where do most people get their toothbrushes? And for a lot of people, yeah, it's just those those six-month checkups at the dentist, and that's really the only toothbrush people get, um, which really isn't enough. You need to, you're, you really should be replacing your toothbrush every three months for it to really make, remain, um, you know, its proper efficacy and all of that. Um, but, yeah, we've, we're really interested in distributing through toothbrushes. The challenge for us um, starting out is that, you know, companies like Oral-B and Colgate, you know, they'll – they'll go into dental offices and basically, you know, give their toothbrushes away at cost um, for them with, with their massive operations. So, you know, they're selling toothbrushes to dentists for, you know, tens or twenties of cents, um, which is completely un, undoable for us. Oh, uh, sure. Um, so there's, there's definitely some dentists um, that have, you know, bought toothbrushes from us that are really passionate about the issues that we're kind of promoting um, but in order for us to kind of gain mainstream appeal in that market, it would require like really, really significant scale of our operations and, um, yeah, drastic reduction in our costs. And I think people are, um, you know, people are willing to pay more if they know something's being given away. I, I don't think people are that, you know, uh, sort of blind to the math of all that you know they know it's either mass produced and it's going into a landfill like you said kind of cheap versus quality and that there's a social mission attached I think people understand that I think there's been enough seeding of the marketplace of social enter enterprises that share some of their resources like a buy one give one like you guys are or a percent of the profits goes to a regular cause you know that type of thing I think people are used to that now 10 years ago that was a bit of a new and in, uh, innovative concept but I think now that's sort of a norm. 
And so your timing is better, I think, <laughs> to grab the general public. So let's go there. Let's go to the, the revenue model. Um, now, is it more of a subscription type thing or is it just buy one at a time or how does that work? Yeah, we offer both options. So customers can come to uh, BogoBrush.com and they can choose to subscribe for uh, Bogo brushes and, and they, we give the, our customers the option of choosing how frequently they want to receive their brush. So right now you can choose between every two, three, or four months. Um, just recognizing, right, some people go through uh, their brushing habits, cause them to go through toothbrushes a little bit more frequently than others. Um, so the subscription is yeah, definitely a, a big part of, of what we're working on, helping make it really convenient and easy for people to keep track of how old their toothbrush is by just letting it show up at the door and they don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, but we definitely do offer people to buy like kind of a one-time purchase for for their brush. Um, and um, also people can go to some boutiques. We sell to a lot of boutique retail shops across the US and actually in a few places around around the world. Um, but yeah, hoping that that subscription is really what takes off. And for people, you know, we always want them to know that they can sign up for a subscription and they can cancel anytime, right? Mm -hmm. They're not trying to like lock anyone into something they're, they're not having a good experience with. Um, but so far, we haven't we haven't had that that kind of uh, response. People seem to love it, and it's going well. Yeah, well, subscriptions are sort of convenient these days. <laughs> we yeah, become totally. a little bit of a subscription economy, and it, and if you don't have to lock yourself into stuff, I find um, at least myself, we're sort of willing to try stuff. <laughs> you know, it's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, great. Well, let's, uh, we've kind of covered all the basics of what your brush is and why you've done it. Let's maybe talk now about some of like where you are in the stage of your development, what some of the, I don't know, maybe surprises or challenges that you guys faced, um, that you're looking to do now. Yeah, I think, you know, we're at a, we're at a position now where, um, you know, it's taken us years to get to the point where we, we finally have a product that the quality is impeccable and we can make reliably. Um, and that was, that was a big hurdle for us to get even to the point where we are today. You know, like I said, we started with um, bamboo, which, you know, we kind of thought was, you know, a, a sustainable material and it is in a lot of ways, but what ended up happening was, you know, we had to make the, the bamboo industry and the bamboo basically toothbrush industry is all over overseas. Um, and so that was kind of a drawback for us, but we, we pushed ahead with an initial order. And once we moved from doing prototype runs of a few hundred at a time to a massive order of say 10,000 at a time, the quality just fell off. We ended up having a scrap rate of over 50% when we tried to bristle those handles, um, which was devastating for us on a number of fronts. One, obviously financially to lose that inventory, but also from a sustainability perspective, you know, you can't afford to have 50% of your materials going to waste and have a sustainable product. So um, that, that was just a devastating day. I remember um, I was here in Detroit, but Heather was at the factory in Wisconsin, just watching these toothbrushes getting kind of obliterated in the machine. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, 
our little wooden children. <laughs> but we we powered on, and you know, we when we were at that stage, what we did to kind of fundraise was a pre-order campaign. So we kind of built our own version of Kickstarter, right? Built our own website, did all that, and and we were selling subscriptions at that time. And kind of like the blessing in disguise, I guess, is we had all these subscribers, you know, we had hundreds of subscribers who still needed their subscriptions fulfilled. We had enough inventory from that first round to fulfill a couple rounds, but it really forced us to keep looking for another option to like, make Bogo Brush a reality. And that led us to the suppliers we have today and kind of a little, I don't know, ironic twist, I guess that's the right word, but is the suppliers that we um, use today of this kind of biodegradable material, they were not that they weren't making that material when we first started trying to design Bogo Brush. So it's like it all led us to our US supply chain and feeling so confident in, in our products and our partners. And yeah, absolutely. I think now we're at this like we're ready to scale and it's I think maybe everything with entrepreneurship or maybe life, I don't know, but it's all like chicken and egg. So we're at this point where in order to meet kind of the, the demands and the scale that larger wholesalers have, like say Whole Foods, uh, we need investment into our production system. But before we can really kind of close some of these deals with, with those types of retailers, um, you know, we need to have confidence that we're going to be able to produce it at those prices so it's like getting the investors on board and getting the retailers on board for that sort of scale or you know i guess if maybe we get 10,000 subscribers tomorrow that'll do the trick too um but yeah so i think that's that's kind of where we are we're working with some good partners like folks who are using their networks to help us go out and get that funding to upgrade our, our production and um, we're looking forward to what that will lead. There's always so much more to the manufacturing side or even sometimes the supply chain side that I think uh, people realize and it certainly can take a minute. I mean, I think you guys have been at this for what, for maybe six years, maybe five, six years or how long? Oh, yeah, roughly five years, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so I just want, you know, our listeners to understand that because sometimes they get frustrated and they're like, oh, it's taking so long. It's really common to take a minute like this because unless you're ramshotting something out, you really got to watch all of these phases and it takes a, takes a bit to put them together when it's not a tech app or something really um, that's immediately scalable. When you have hard products and you have people involved, or something living. I like to say something living. People, animals, plants. <laughs> when you get those involved, they're not robotic and they don't always behave the way we think they're going to. So shenanigans can happen, you know, and that kind of forces the timeline out a little bit. But it's okay because you end up, like you said, John, with a really beautiful product. And then it just becomes a finding those right partners. So by your example, we just want to encourage everybody else to stay with it because that old saying, time heals all wounds, I think time helps production too. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely been like just a, quite a wild like journey. Like we, 
you know, I think everyone has, anyone that starts a business like this, you have to have a certain level of naivete to uh, just think that you can achieve something in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the lessons that we've learned along this, along this path to get to where we are are just completely invaluable. And obviously if we were to start again today, we, yeah, sure. It wouldn't take us five years to, to design a beautiful toothbrush. Um, But I, those I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that time for the things that we've learned. Um, sort of been like a master's and a PhD <laughs> um, in in real life of how to make something, how to how to push through you know obstacles. It's it really is, and like like you said, for for the listeners, there's there's never like a, a time where it seems like oh everything is going to be perfect and we have all the answers and we can make our product for a price that everybody wants. Um, in a way that looks beautiful. There's always like these uh, decisions that every, every day of, you know, what do we do with this? What do we do with that? And uh, you just have to kind of keep moving forward with your best intentions. And uh, at least from what we've seen, it keeps us moving forward and uh, closer to, to our dreams. Yeah, that's a good word. And that's a word of encouragement too. So what do you guys kind of, what would you say to um, other people about, looking for partners in that in very early stages when you're, you're not really sure what you're looking for, would you, what advice, I guess, would you give about um, looking for manufacturing suppliers and partners? Yeah. I think um, for us, it's the relationships are honestly probably more important even than the obvious capabilities, you know, like we could, we could call a toothbrush factory in China or, you know, we could have done that and had toothbrushes made in probably a much shorter order. But the, the relationships that we have with our supply chain here in the U S are worth so much more because there's always going to be these little issues, you know, like, Oh, there's a, a defect in the way that the plastic is curing in the mold and having a relationship and like knowing the, the name of the person that's running the machine and being able to call them up on the phone and be like, okay, like, what if we do this? What if we do that? Um, what do you think about this, 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 let's find a solution. Those things just are almost impossible when you're dealing with overseas manufacturers or with a manufacturer that you don't have a good personal relationship with. You know? And we've been fortunate that we've been able to find folks that even though we're a small company, a startup with low volumes, they've believed in our mission um, and they believe in what we're trying to do for the world to the point that they'll actually devote time and energy to solving those problems. So I think for us, you know, if we were just building another widget, another toothbrush with no meaning, with no purpose, I don't think our partners would be as bought in or as um, involved in trying to find the solutions that they have. Um, I think, and with that, um, kind of getting started is just asking questions like just I know that, that there have there were times in our times where I'm you know speaking for myself at least hesitant to ask something and you know but I do think m- more often than not I have just asked the question and I have just asked and that's you know helped us learn that's helped us discover like what it means to have a good relationship i think you just keep keep going right like trust 
trust what you're what you're looking for. Trust the quality you're looking for. Uh, maybe it's different for everyone. You know, maybe our quality standards are <laughs> super super high for something, or you know, whatever. That is not necessarily right or wrong with that, I guess. But just trust that and keep going because I think even when we've had some of those, at least with production, you know, we're talking about production like some little stumbles and whatnot. I think because we've kept going and stayed really true to what we're doing and continuing to ask like is this possible who can who can help us do this then when we find those partners they can look back and they see our history and our story and say wow these people really are committed to finding good solutions and to learning so and just asking those questions and just kind of getting over any level of hesitation or fear you have that maybe the vision you're looking at isn't possible just Keep going on it because that'll all build up to the confidence that your partners will have in you. Yeah, that's such a good word. Thanks for that. Was there anything funny along the way so far that made you guys laugh or, or scratch your head like, oh, wow, we didn't see that coming? Or... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember at one point in time, uh, we won't like say any names or anything, but I remember we were trying to figure out if we could machine a like a piece of bamboo in the U.S. And Heather, she can tell more than I can. She ended up on some like road trip with these like random dudes <laughs> to some like CNC tooling convention in like rural Illinois or something like that. Yeah, looking back, I'm like not quite sure what I was thinking. But they were definitely interesting characters and were preparing for the apocalypse. And <laughs> it was entertaining. They were they were harmless towards me, but it, that was that's definitely one of those like what in the world? I learned a whole lot about like robots and machines that weekend though, so it, it, it kind of worked out. <laughs> oh my goodness, well, that's awesome! All right, well, what would what are you, what's in your immediate future uh, right now? And then what are you guys working on like in these next twelve months? Like what's near forefront right now? Well, like really soon we're going to be starting to launch the test, the kind of small, small scale testing, um, a referral program. So folks can come in and like refer their friends to join Bogo Rush subscription or purchase products and they'll be able to you know, receive, like, you know, basically cash back on that to kind of like helping to grow the Bogo Rush family. And um, that's going to be rolling out like super immediate, but kind of building on that, we're like just continuing to test our marketing, explore more of who who are our customers, like really what what's your, what are they interested in and how can our story resonate with with people. Um, so expanding that, updating the website, kind of that's expanding into the next, you know, six to twelve months, looking at other products. Um, so kind of expanding the Bobo Brush collection uh, in a few directions. Um, and then funding, of course, we're aiming towards in the next month or two, actually to really be doing a lot more uh, pitching and, and raising funds for updating our production. 
Yeah, that's great. There's always something to be raising money for. Like you said, there's always the three. It's like upgrading, you're trying to raise money and get customers and somehow keep it all going. But I just want to say you guys are doing an amazing job. And uh, anyone else out there that's in the same uh, place, stay encouraged, stay, stay at it because um, time does help you, you know, make a market. It helps you, um, have staying power and sustainability some a lot of people come along and look at track records what's your persistence and all that we obviously work with a lot of impact investors so that's one of the first questions how long have they been at it do they have persistence and strength you know and so obviously you guys have a nice track record of that <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's really really good well how would um, anyone who's listening reach you on your website social media, all of those things. Yeah, the first and obvious one is our website, uh, bogobrush.com, so B-O-G-O brush.com. Um, and then, of course, you can find us on all the regular social media ways, Instagram, Facebook, you know, at bogobrush, hashtag bogobrush, all of the above. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you want to reach, like, John and me uh, personally, you can just – say so on any of those channels and we'll definitely get it and we'll follow up with you. All right. So great. You guys, thank you so much for taking time to do this out of your day. And we want to, you know, circle back with you and keep kind of a documentary of what's happening with you and your business here at Bogo Brush, if that's all right. Yeah, we'd love that. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and helping to hear our story. Yeah. 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 We can't wait to see what happens next. fantastic and interesting conversation with Heather and John. Thank you guys for all the time you're spending and all the time you're taking to make your company and your product so thoughtful on all sides. Check out their website everyone for some cool pics on these toothbrushes and of course a way to purchase them. <laughs> now on to the grand finale of our episode each time. Please meet Detroit artist Drew Schultz. This artist and song has been curated by our friends at Assemble Sound. Here you go with Drew's song, Take It Slow. Until next time, keep those bonfires burning. about